Hey guys, welcome to Classic Sundays. This week we are watching The Deer Hunter, which is a 1978 war drama film. It's about three hours, so it definitely is a time commitment. It is um, set in 1968. Michael, Nick, and Steven, who are lifelong friends from a working class Pennsylvania steel town, prepare to ship overseas following Steven's elaborate wedding and one final group hunting trip. In Vietnam, their dreams of military honor are quickly shattered by the inhumanities of war. Even those who survive are haunted by the experience, as is Nick's hometown sweetheart, Linda. All right, so Keisha, since this was your movie, would you like to start with your thoughts? Sure. So I've seen this movie before. I wanted to pick it again. Uh, It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I think it's a really good perspective on the Vietnam War. Um, previously to this, the only Vietnam movie that I've really seen was Rambo. So I like having another perspective of people returning from the war and how it affected their lives. And in this film, it's a lot more realistic, obviously, than the way Rambo came back and his perspective after the war. But it just really shows how damaged these individuals were, whether it was, um, you know, the one that lost his legs and was had to go through amputations or... Um, how it like affected their relationships with their with their wives and their girlfriends back home um, the most damage what's that like it kind of represented like the unit you, you hear people talk about it a lot but it kind of represented like that like PTSD but like from a mm-hmm. viewpoint like an audience member can actually understand like I I'm you know I'm not in the military or anything so I don't I won't ever have that like firsthand experience of that but it gave me like glimpses of like uh, like how tough it is to live with that yeah, for sure. And all three of them, it showed a different kind of form of PTSD. So in Steven's situation, he was dealing with um, the amputations and feeling like he didn't fit in anymore after the war. And then you had Mike's perspective of just kind of damaged as well, but maybe coping with it the best. But you he had his uh, like one shot kill when they were deer hunting at the beginning of the movie. And it kind of shows toward the end of the movie that like, he's struggling with that as well. Like he's just different. Everyone's been changed. And then Nick is still overseas and he's a mess. He's on drugs and he um, obviously the most like dramatic part of the movie (laughs) is when he kills himself, finally playing that Russian roulette game with the gun. And it just, it's a great movie to show different perspectives, but how they've all gone through this extreme journey together with the war and how it's affected all of them pretty negatively, including the women. I mean, Meryl Streep's character too, her relationship fell apart. I mean, everybody really was just damaged from the war. Yeah. I mean, and even bringing up like Meryl Streep, cause I think you did a good job touching on the guys was like, she was waiting for what Nick basically Mm-hmm. and then when he wasn't showing back up like she was you know just you know wanting comfort so she was just going for was it mike i think mike, mike? Mm-hmm. yes yeah, so then she was just like well you know you know we've kind of gone through the war together so i guess we're both here so i felt like it was a they did a very good job of portraying emotions for, yeah like, the acting is really good like the directing the filming the acting they all made the story good 
yeah, I, I felt like that was my favorite part of this movie um, was just how, how well they portrayed the emotions that, you know, they were, their character was supposed to be going through and their reactions to what was happening. There was kind of foreshadowing at the beginning too, in the wedding scene, which we should probably touch upon. Cause that was kind of like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but like she's like spilled on her dress but no one else like really saw that and that w- meant like bad luck and that was kind of like the foreshadowing I felt like the, int- the everything leading up to the wedding was kind of drawn out later on I guess I appreciated it because I was like okay well that was a fir- the first third of the movie the second third was when they were in the war and the last third is like them recovering and coming back home but mm-hmm. I felt like it, it really was long and drawn out. I would agree with that. But then I think once you finish the film and then you look back on that, I feel like those longer wedding scenes were kind of important because you wouldn't feel as much for these characters if they didn't spend so much time at the beginning showing them what life was like before the war, when they're all at the wedding, when they're all happy, when everyone's hopeful for the future, whether it's through marriage or um, they're all excited to join the military. I, I mean, it just shows more like hope for the future at the beginning after, before they're all broken, yeah. essentially. <laughs> and then even joking at that bar scene and just being like, fuck it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just say it was funny to them then. And then they would, you know, just thinking back to it, they would have a completely different reaction coming back from the war. Right. Like, I don't know if maybe they were necessarily excited to go, but I don't think any of them realized what was to come. Yeah. No, it didn't really hit them. Prior to, so, like, just talking about, like, the first third of the movie. So, like, them, you know, leading up to the wedding and, you know, getting prepared to go off and everything. I, there were there were two things that um, I was kind of, like, I, I wrote in my notes. I really liked the white car they were driving. <laughs> and I was like, I, if I were living in that time period, I want that car. <laughs> Not sure what, what exact uh, year it was, but, or the maker model, but I was like, I, I want that car. Mm-hmm. And then they had a kind of an obsession, at least maybe with, and it helped because it was like upbeat, but Jersey Boys music. Mm-hmm. If you noticed, they played that a, a few times in, so, in different scenes, too. Not just, like, transferring between or transitioning between scenes. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that, though, because I really like <laughs> the voice. So I was like, okay. So back to the... I know the film was set in Pennsylvania, but majority of the movie... I don't want to ruin fun facts, but I know majority of the movie was filmed in Cleveland. So I'm just curious, how many could you pick up? that parts of it were filmed in Cleveland since I guess for anyone listening, Lena, Alyssa and Chantel are all from Cleveland. So the fact that this movie was filmed there, I was just interested in what maybe you picked up scenery wise. I don't know what, so no, not And and the hunting scenes weren't in Cleveland. They had to go elsewhere for the hunting scenes. Yeah. Um, I know more like the mill and um, the church, the wedding, the wedding hall, all of that was Cleveland. Yeah, I don't I don't recall seeing that the church. I think in it's Cleveland. in Tremont. 
Yeah, I, I, I would. Uh, if it, if it were there, I haven't been too far into Tremont to see it. But hey, guys, it's Alyssa. Um, I'm editing, but uh, I just want to cut in and say that it actually is not Tremont, but Parma. Um, and the reason why Chantel doesn't know about it is because I really never take her to Parma. Um, just never a reason to. So yeah, Parma, not Tremont. Maybe we'll have to do like a little visit. Next yeah, because I think it's a Orthodox Russian cathedral there. Me again. <laughs> um, it's actually a Ukrainian Orthodox Church, not a Russian Orthodox Church. Just want to make sure. Um, I know some people don't like being called Russian and some people don't like being called Ukrainian. Just clearing that up. Yeah, I, I was I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I was curious as to like what religion it was that they were getting married in. Yeah, because they were all Russian Americans. Also, speaking speaking of them getting married, I think that he had said something at one point. Um, oh my goodness, what was the name of the guy who was getting married? Steve, Stephen. Stephen. Mm-hmm. It was Stephen. Okay, I was right. Yay! Names. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I think Stephen was talking to either Mike or one of the other guys and they made a comment before or after the wedding it may have been before but he made a comment that he and basically had suggested and I don't know if I was the only one that caught like caught on to it that basically he had never slept with her but then there were notes of like suggesting that she was prego yeah, so she was definitely pregnant with somebody else's baby. And I don't know that they ever really reveal who the dad, no. the father was, but one hundred percent worry about she it. Yeah, she was pregnant with somebody else's child. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't the only one. Because they they had suggested it and I was like, wait a second, what? Yeah, and then they I were like, oh, don't contributes- worry about it. Enjoy your time. Mm-hmm. I think that contributes to part of the struggle when Stephen returns from the war. Because, I mean, I think part of him had to have maybe known, or if he never knew that it wasn't his kid, maybe he never felt connected as much to the child because he never felt like he fit in after the war, both with his relationship with Angela, with with his child, with everything. He just was out of it. He didn't even want to come back. Yeah. He he literally got drug out. to come back home he he had wanted nothing to do with coming back home right and i think that that's part of it if he had had um initially a better relationship and um they hadn't foreshadowed that the kid wasn't his and and things like that it maybe would have been harder to understand how he wouldn't be stepping in as a father and you know i mean stepping more into the family role but you already kind of sympathize with him from the very beginning because you're thinking this child's not his she cheated on him with somebody now he's gone through this horrible war experience he's he's lost his legs like i don't know it just makes some more sense that he's having a harder time acclimating back to regular life yeah versus michael who who struggles but just copes with it better than anybody else yeah not getting to into the the fun fact part yet but um prior to researching the fun facts that I'll, I'll bring up later. Um, I thought that they did 
a pretty good job again with the raw emotion and the portrayal of but as close as they could get it to being like real like you know kind of like a war experience like they kind of just like it like that that happy one third ended and then there's a guy throwing basically a grenade into a cellar of people <laughs> mm-hmm. and um just the I guess the the cruelty of it, like they they captured that well. I felt like, and then yeah. like the later, and like I, I felt like they they made me pissed off, <laughs> like uh-huh. and and that and that's that's kind of the emotion you're hoping for with you know seeing you know how badly they were mistreating people and everyone. So kudos to Keisha for making a movie <laughs> that evokes emotion. That's probably why I love this movie, why I wanted to rewatch it. I love movies that make you like really feel for the characters or feel something. And I think it's a combination of really good cast, really good acting. And the plot's just good. Like the writing's good. Even the the whole Russian roulette thing. I mean, that played into the movie several times leading up to the final bullet that like ends his life. Yeah, no, it, it, it started. It. I think I was... Um, I, I spoke with Alyssa over, over dinner about this, but we, I had brought up that cause she, she had thought that it, it wasn't super integral to the movie. Like it was just kind of like in there a little bit, but not much. But then I was like, well, actually now, so it got brought up in the, you know, the scene where they're basically captives. Mm-hmm. Um, it got brought up later um, when they finished the war and they were kind of like still in that city before they like went back home. And there was mm-hmm. like a gambling scene. Yeah, gambling where they took the money and run. Yeah, they weren't at gunpoint gambling and doing it, but they were they were still gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was brought up again when um, I think it was Mike. He didn't have the gun, but they had went deer hunting and the other guy had pulled out his gun and he just got pissed because it yeah. just kind of reminded him of what had happened and he like chucked the gun as far as he could. And then obviously at the end when essentially, I feel like he knew it was coming, essentially a suicide scene of Russian roulette again. So like it was, it was brought up several times throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. Um, I can't remember my first time watching it and whether I saw that coming. Did you see him? eventually playing the Russian roulette game and it having the bullet and ending his life or did that catch you by surprise? I feel like I saw it coming because you had that anxiety of like what, you know, Russian realized the anxiety of like, what if the gun actually does go off the entire movie? It could have mm-hmm. happened at any point in time, but I feel like during that last scene, you know, when he did, he didn't really, he didn't really recognize Mike. Mm-hmm. And so or he he didn't want to recognize Mike because he was just like you know just too far gone. It, it, something had had to happen at that scene. Mm-hmm. Whether I predicted that the gun was going to go off or not, some something was happening and someone was not ending well. <laughs> right, and even if um, Mike had you know somehow rescued him and brought him back home, just like Stephen, what would his outcome have been anyways? You know, he would have been another Stephen back there, just struggling yeah. to cope, not not acclimating back into regular life with his family and friends. And yeah. So I feel like there was really no other outcome for Nick. 
Yeah, and I feel like Nick was just kind of like, I, he had accepted his fate a long time ago of just like, I'm ready to just die pretty much, you know? And Mm -hmm. I I feel like, I I feel like he was just, he was literally playing Russian roulette. It's going to come one time or another and, you know, at least it'll be a quick death and I'll have money and send it back home for as long as I'm alive. Because that's literally what he was doing for his friends that's why mm-hmm. he had the drawer full of money that they didn't know who was coming from nick was like immediately he's like i know exactly where that's coming from yeah but i felt overall i felt like they wrapped up the film well at the end to the ending scene oh yeah solemn. where they're all singing yeah very very solemn very like chill very like just you know i guess comforting yeah. Yeah, so just for exactly. anyone listening in, they were singing what was it, God Bless America at the end after they um, had learned about Nick's passing. Yeah. I think so, yeah. All right, should we go into our ratings? Yeah. All right, I'm going to let you do yours ratings first, though, since this was... Well, wait. Should we, before or after ratings, do Alyssa's thoughts as well? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and let us know Alyssa's thoughts. Do Alyssa's thoughts before we get to ratings? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Lena didn't actually get to watch the movie this week because congratulations, Lena! She has a little girl in their life now named Alita. And she was born on Sunday, so she didn't get to join us this week. But here are Alyssa's thoughts. So I'll just kind of read through them. And then Keisha, if you have any comments or I have any thoughts on anything that Alyssa says, because I haven't read these yet. We can just like pop in. Um, but she's got a, quite a bit that she has a rating and whether it's a classic or not. So we'll bring that up later. All right. So Alyssa's thoughts. De Niro and Walken Russian roulette scene cannot be surpassed. So she really liked that scene. Mm-hmm. And we also had touched upon that. Um, Camino made an iconic scene with the Viet Cong and the gun just so traumatic. And then later in the film when they struggle with being home, and feel like they need to be back in Vietnam. And it feels so much like they needed to be back in Vietnam. Yeah, I would I, agree. I don't think they wanted to return. It was just struggle. Yeah, they, they didn't know where they they didn't want to be in Vietnam anymore, but also like they didn't belong at home. Um so the film itself may seem slow and testing, but when you make the effort to watch it all from beginning to end, you realize it's an absolute masterpiece of filming and acting. Even though the first part of the film is just background information, really didn't need to be an hour or so long. I don't think, <laughs> she said, I don't think I can go through another three-hour movie again. Um, now, here are some things I didn't quite like. Uh, yes, it is incredibly well-made, and all the emotions on the home front are real. It invents a fictional horror. Russian roulette as a metaphor as though showing anything real of the war was not useful. It's not even really about Vietnam as it never honestly shows or examines the conflict. It does paint a racist one-sided view and shows how our good old white boys suffered at the hands of evil subhuman Vietnamese. It shows nothing of the conflict or people of Vietnam who suffered far more than the group of buddies here. Nothing in the U.S. military machine or responsibility drops us from Rust Belt buddy movie to De Niro with a flamethrower at the Vietnamese, then jumps to Russian roulette. Uh, No narrative between the film's major sections. 
It doesn't use any real atrocity and horror to show the damage to these guys, but an artificial one created for effect and ends up being racist, blatantly racist, as, as she put it. Uh, the closing God Bless America is moving, which we touched upon, mm-hmm. yet plays like the U.S. absolving itself for the entire Vietnam debacle. I don't think the filmmakers meant any harm, but they were, like the characters, just unthinking and ignorant of what their film would really convey. Good intentions don't get them off the hook, though. But she truly loves how the movie shows them after the war. It lets the trauma from the war sit with them. It's not the normal Hollywood happiness where they go home and everyone is happy again. You see their pain and struggles, and it makes them not clean. I love the guilt you see De Niro has. And I love seeing Parma back in the 70s. So I guess it maybe it was Parma. Uh, it still looks the same, but that church. Ooh, so she does know the church. Oh, okay. okay. So she said, I love seeing Parma back in the 70s. So it sounds like it's from Parma, Ohio. And still looks the same, but that church now has gold onions that blind people in sunny days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she has seen it. That's, that's interesting to know. I didn't know she had seen it. Guess who again? <laughs> so yeah, um, I actually grew up in Parma, um, and so I know a lot of the scenery, and a lot of the places, because um, obviously that was my old stopping ground. I used to walk down State Road, and um, I believe that is Saint Josephette, um, in the movie. Um, so I am quite quite familiar with Parma and. Everyone that is from Cleveland is basically from Parma, um, if you're like a Slavic person. So, yeah. Um, But she likes the last scene. It goes from a place of joy and happiness to a place of despair and dismay. And her last thoughts were, but even though I said what I said about how the war was portrayed in the movie, I do think that they still did an amazing job on showing the impact of war and did not glorify it with uh, rose-colored glasses. So I'm going to disagree with some of what she said just in the fact that like yes it only showed the perspective of like you know the white guys from america Mm -hmm. but it was just i mean it was a movie about those that group of friends and they were prisoners of war you know so Mm -hmm. that's the perspective you got they're not they're not going to have another angle to even show really the other side to it and like what's happening on the vietnam side because it really just focused on that group of friends and they were prisoners at one point so it's just their perspective when they were held captive kind of thing yeah it could have been yeah I, I think that if you wanted to properly display the Vietnamese side you'd have to have like a whole new movie but I feel like it's yeah a whole new movie or of, even just a documentary yeah. at that point yeah in in the cases of war though I feel like it's always like a one-sided thing like whatever side you're on the other is just evil and you know the enemy obviously so Mm -hmm. I I see what she's saying there though because if you aren't I guess educated on the the war and like what happened and that you know not everyone is perfect you could have instilled some racial bias towards Vietnamese if you just watched movies like this and you didn't look up any facts afterwards and just took it as fact right i guess that's the perspective on any movie though i mean if you're gonna watch a fiction movie and that's what you're gonna base like the entire war off of you would never have a very good open mind about what really happened oh i have a fun fact later about this then that you're going to enjoy 
<laughs> but we'll do our ratings first. Yeah, go ahead. We'll do our ratings first. But you're you started on your ratings since this was your movie choice. All right. So for me, I'm on. I'm going to say ten out of ten. Like for me, this is a perfect film. I like. I just don't know that they. I would change anything about it. I think they did a pretty good job. Alyssa gave it a six out of ten. Ooh. De- she said definitely it was a good movie and I probably would never watch it again but it made me think war and the side effects it has on soldiers that survive it and come home after so she appreciated the perspective on that mm-hmm. I since I also do fun facts which I'll I won't reveal everything yet in my rating but I gave it an 8 out of 10 I thought that it was a very good film. I actually probably would watch this again and probably watch it with Brad. Yeah, Brad would like this. If he hasn't seen it, he would enjoy seeing this one. So I feel like this one would be worthy of watching again. I don't think it would be one that I watch like, you know, a couple times in a year, but I would watch this movie again um, and actually recommend it to him. But so eight out of 10 for me. And we don't have Lena's rating this week, but hopefully we can. She's feeling up to it after giving birth to her first kid. We'll hear from her next week on our next week's movie. Um, are we ready for fun facts? Yes. <laughs> All right. Fun facts. I have seven. I could Ooh, okay. have had more. I could have had more, but I, I had to uh, restrain myself. Uh, <laughs> all right. So fun fact, number one, I'm just going to go down the list. The slapping portion of the Russian roulette scene was actually very real. So uh, I know this one, but I'll let you, I'll let you go. <laughs> you can comment on it, but the director told the extras to full on slap the actors so they could get real reactions. Eventually this bit started wear, to wear thin, which became perfect for the film and the acting. So there was the raw emotion. <laughs> Okay, so I actually thought you were going to say something a little different. I had read that one of the uh, extras that they had cast for the film genuinely hated Americans. I saw that too. Yeah, so um, they cast him so that it would be more realistic, the slapping, the the treatment of the Americans. That Yeah, I I did see that part. I didn't include that one in my my fact because that was actually a whole other fact, but... (laughs) <laughs> and I, i'm glad you brought that up yeah, so, that's what i thought you were gonna say nope nope not that type, nope but i'm glad you added it uh fun fact number two there was a mass walkout when the film was shown at the berlin festival in 1979 the Ooh. delegates from many countries simply did not appreciate the way that the vietnamese were being represented in the film okay so then they kind of agreed with Alyssa then mm-hmm. okay i guess i'm just not in agreement just in the fact that like again i just think it's the perspective of those three individual american guys so that it's not going to show really a- any other side but that's interesting that they uh had the same initial reaction Alyssa had yeah full-on walkout <laughs> um fun fact number three robert de niro had to um put up money for john cazell to be in this film uh for those that don't know Kazell was, Kazale, Kazale was dying of bone cancer. 
So afraid that the studio would fire him if he, they found out. Semenyo? Uh, Semeno? Um, and De Niro kept his illness a secret as long as they could. John was actually dying the whole time they were shooting the deer hunter. Um, and eventually the studio did find out about his illness and refused to insure him. So Robert De Niro footed the bill. Uh, he was dating Meryl Streep at the time, who remained by his side until he passed. Aww. I know. So when I so as I'm watching the movie, I'm looking at the fun facts throughout the movie. Um, you know, because it, it I I like it because it helps me like build a different you know pr- full perspective of like what's going on. So that last scene when they were singing. And it was just like so depressing and sad. I was like, oh my God. And he died shortly after this. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> uh, but so fact number four though. Um, Christopher Walken spit in Robert De Niro's face for real at that ending part when um, he when Mike was trying to convince him to, you know, walk out of the Russian roulette the gambling scene. The director and one of the writers convinced Walken to do this and were amazed that he actually did it. And De Niro almost walked off the set in just pure rage. Wow. I've read about directors doing stuff like that quite often. Yeah, they got a lot of that so far of like, you know, telling the extras to just full on slap them to get raw, mm-hmm. you know, everything is spitting in their face. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I will say it worked, though. I felt like the acting is like phenomenal in this movie and like everything comes across so real. Yeah, it well, it some of it probably was very real. <laughs> <laughs> Pure just pissed off. Like. <laughs> All right, well, we have three more facts. So no, fact number five, Washburn, who received the sole credit for the Deer Hunter screenplay, had written for the theater before, but had extremely limited film experience. A carpenter by trade, Washburn didn't know anything about Vietnam outside of what he saw in the news, and he didn't bother to do any real research for the movie. He said, I had a month, that was it, he told Vanity Fair, but all he did was watch TV. And those combat cameramen in Vietnam who were out in the field with the guys. So <clears throat> that could have contributed to like the, I guess, Alyssa's thoughts on like the inaccuracy of the representation of Vietnam mm-hmm. and the walkout and like just not being completely accurate. Yeah. Um, which leads me to next fact, which is actually. There was not a single recorded case of Russian roulette in, in any of the voluminous files of the Associated Press or in their experience for the uh, war. Yeah, I mean, I never took that scene as like, oh, this is something that they played regularly. This really happened. I just figure that was fiction writing to something they put into the story. Yeah, it would have been nice, though, if they, you know, had done more of if he had done more research into the movie though, and you know, whatever the, the torture method that they used, because no country is perfect and we all do it, whether it's poison or, you know, like whatever it may have been, mm-hmm. if that had actually been more accurate, I would have given a higher rating. Gotcha. 
Like it, like yeah. they, they did center around the Russian roulette thing at least four times throughout the movie. And right. They yeah, they did earlier. So that's why I was like, you know, if it was just, you know, maybe it didn't show the Vietnamese side of the, you know, the war and all that as, you know, showing their perspective. But if it had right, been maybe more, just a more realistic perspective of true torture yeah. methods or true what it would have been like as a captive versus like this really over dramatic Russian roulette kind of story. Yeah, but kind of very entertaining. <laughs> it was very entertaining. I appreciated the entertaining part. That's why I got a high rating, but mm-hmm. I just it was accurate torture methods i suppose right (laughs) um all right last fun fact um the wedding scene wasn't planned out at all really just like in that breakfast at tiffany's party it wasn't really planned they just kind of went with it uh so to prepare for the scene which was filmed in a russian orthodox church in cleveland uh they took the principal cast to an actual russian wedding in west virginia and for added authenticity, the 30-minute scene stars an actual priest as the priest, and there was an actual drunk Russian immigrants as the wedding guests. Okay. And I was almost going to make this added in as a fact, but I believe, and this one is not to be quoted for real, but they, I believe it was 11 hours. They may have fil- filmed this for like 11 hours or something close to it to the point of exhaustion so that when the some of the actors actually like fell on the floor like that was real exhaustion because wow. they were filming this for a very long time and just kept, said keep dancing <laughs> 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 but that is the end of my fun facts for this week all right go into it whether it's a classic or not all right, so we revamped our classic definition um, to include uh, culture impact. So, is the movie truly considered a classic based on the following criteria? Acting, music, dialogue, attention, historical details, costuming, scenery, and did it have a cultural impact? And then I know we had also added in rewatchability. So, Keisha, what do you think? Classic or not? For me, I would say absolutely a classic. Uh, This is a movie that gets referenced quite a bit. gets talked about. We're still talking about this movie now. Um, I know we mentioned some of the inaccuracies with, you know, that Russian roulette, for example, wasn't really something that would have happened there. But I think, again, just the realness of, like, the the post-traumatic, you know, after the war coming home, what that portion was like for people. I think that came across very real. And in that sense, I think it was a realistic representation of what it would have been like to return from war. So whether or not the actual war scenes were realistic, I think, you know, majority of the movie was their return, you know, how it affected them after. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was very real. I would say for the historical context for that portion, I think it just came across so good, so real. I would say it's absolutely a classic. The acting, um, all of it was great. And I I think it gave a good portrayal of like the 70s as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Alyssa said classic. She said this was not a movie for her. But she thinks that everyone should definitely watch it at least once. I originally had said 
not a classic because I felt like there were too many, not that every movie needs to be, you know, completely accurate. Like it's, it's, it's a film for enjoyment for a reason. Um, but I originally had said that since it wasn't historically accurate, not a classic. Um, but like you had said, and how we had revamped our definition of, is it a classic or not? Now we had added in that cultural impact piece. Mm -hmm. I think based on that, it is a classic. Um, and, and I completely agree with you as we, we did touch upon though, that there were, you know, as far as war goes, some historical inaccuracies, but the impact on pop culture alone and the, you know, the portrayal of the, the acting, the emotions, the, the script, the um, <clears throat> character development, you know, the, how true it was to the seventies at the time. I felt like it was a classic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So with that being said, seems like we've decided Deer Hunter 1978 is a classic collectively. And next week I get to pick our movie. And so I've heard a lot about, I've heard a lot of good reviews about this movie and how it makes you think, but I haven't gotten to explore the plot for it. I'm going to choose Clockwork Orange. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't think that the rest of the group has seen it on here, but it is a 1971 film. And I know that there's been a lot of pop cultural references to it that I will recognize more once I'm watching the movie. Yeah, no, for sure. I won't give any spoilers yet. Yeah, I won't either. I'm like tempted to talk about it already because I really like this movie, <laughs> but I'll, I'll wait until until next week and rewatch it too. It's been a while since I've seen it. All right. Well, with that, I guess it's time for us to sign off. All right. So, bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you for listening to the episode. I just wanted to remind you guys that we post every Sunday. So I hope to see you guys next weekend. Thank you. Bye.